Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. This is your Sunday night with Speed City. It's John Massengale sitting in the studio with Les Kaiser. How are you, Mr. Kaiser? Howdy, howdy, howdy. Doing good, doing good. Man, what a good weekend for IndyCar. We got to talk a lot about that. Man, we've we got a lot to talk about because we've got Indy, we had a lot of racing to talk about. We uh, we're going to, of course, talk about the IndyCar race at the GMR GP at Indy, Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And we are also, we have a guest tonight. We have a young American driver uh, named Dylan Tavella, and he has a very interesting story. He has kind of battled some odds, and now he's tied for the championship in the Formula 3, the FR Americas series. So we got him coming on, and we had another guest coming on, and he's not going to come on because, yeah, their their win just got canceled due to a technical infringement. It was so Any word on what it was? Underweight. Yeah, we are, had, we are we talking like one liter of fuel weight or I don't know. I literally just got a text. Jordan Pepper was going to come on because they had a oh, a dramatic man. come from behind, you know, uh, huge win, last second win over Bill Auberlin. You know, I hear they've got an ace of a mechanic in that. <laughs> they do. My son's there, but it was a really dramatic win, and I I literally just got the text, so I don't know all the details. Uh, but it was a really fun race to watch, and so. But we're also going to talk about. The Monaco Historics, because you might notice a voice missing tonight. Mr. Green, Jonathan, is at Monaco, and he's doing the commentary. Oh, I was going to say, that's why all the knobs are turned down a little bit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, hey, you know, I, I'm still in somewhat of an afterglow of Miami, and we didn't get to talk about a lot of things. Yeah, we're going to talk, we're gonna talk we about definitely Miami. Talk that. So we're going to talk about the Monaco Historics. We're going to talk about MotoGP, because they were in the, at the French Grand Prix. That was a pretty exciting race yeah. today, too. So we've got lots to talk about, and we are going to talk about Miami because, honestly, I still feel like I haven't caught up like my normal rhythm because we had such an amazing time. We were in Miami for three days, and uh, it was it was really a pretty incredible sight. Really was, and uh, you know, there, there's some news around Vegas, and a few folks uh, speaking out. Max Verstappen was uh, had some interesting statements. We'll have to get into that later as well. Yeah, well, I think I want to go right into Miami because, well, we got IndyCar to talk about here in a little bit, but I want to go into Miami because we went out there, <laughs> well, we tried to go out Thursday and our flight got canceled, but we got yeah, out there. From the time we passed TSA to the gate, <laughs> that's kind of what we said. It's that's true. A, we that's got, good HR appropriate response, yeah. We, we did. We got checked in and we were, you know, you go through the line and take off your shoes and run all your stuff through the machine. And we got on the other side, picked up my phone and said flight canceled. And I was like, oh, you're kidding. Yeah. So we ran around, tried to get another flight that night and said, all right, well, we'll just start again in the morning. So we got a flight out Friday and uh, Bob Varsha was meeting us out there anyway on Friday. So it all worked out. We rode in hey, we, from the hotel to the hotel with him. Yeah. We had the whole band there. I mean, we had Varsha, we had Jonathan, you, myself, and uh, Chris Medlin on site as he's been all year so far. Yeah. So uh, really a great attack in all directions. Got a lot of stories. Definitely go back and check out last week's show. Uh, there's some things we obviously won't get back into, but there's a lot of interesting things. Chip Ganassi was there. Yeah. Everybody expected Michael Andretti, which he was. But yeah. uh, Chip Ganassi was there, and Bob Varsha got a chance to speak to him. 
Yeah, and and uh, man, if you heard the show last week, we really apologize. We had Michael Andretti, and our, our microphone settings were not right. But and I do want to just have to go over and summarize that again because basically he said two really important things. Number one, they're spending money, they're hiring people, so they are they're already going. And number two, he said as long as they get a decision from the FIA by September slash October, he said they're good to go for twenty four. Yeah, and you know, it's kind of interesting. Uh, we had some conversations away from microphones with different folks in the paddock, uh, I'll, I'll say knowledgeable and in tune folks. And it's interesting just the perspective of uh, are you really questioning somebody that has sizable and successful teams in, in what is it, seven different racing bodies around the world? Something, something silly. I mean, we're talking the supercars. Oh, yeah, they're, we're talking, yeah, I mean, they're everywhere. They're everywhere you look. And, the money is in hand, but it's interesting to me when, uh, so the new Concord, uh, Concord agreement that came out, you know, the past year or so, this was discussed and taken into consideration the finances around another team or more that might join. So honestly, it's already been set. And the idea was they were going to have to come in with $200 million just to ante up and get in the game and poof, it's gone you know, for out of their pockets, but that actually would go into the other team's pockets. Well, I think they were all just fine with that. But <laughs> and, you realize... Until, until the Netflix oh, numbers Andretti? came Andretti? <laughs> yeah, the numbers well, went up, and then yeah. Andretti was said. I think it's more than... I, I don't... I mean, I know they're taking Andretti seriously, and I saw some European journalists saying the same thing. Look, this is Andretti. This is this is the real deal. But I think that... And we talked about it on the, at Miami, but I think the biggest thing is... They now realize what these franchises are worth. And, you know, they didn't... When's the last time you ever heard the term franchises talked about Formula One teams? Never until now when Netflix has skyrocketed the ratings. I mean, look, the rating... That's one thing we didn't talk about last week. Yeah. The ratings. There were 2.6 million people watching the Miami Grand Prix. And that's the most that have ever watched a live Formula One race. And in fact... I mean, the the numbers now, they that that number, by the way, was beyond most IndyCar races, and was basically what an average NASCAR race is these days, or maybe even a little above average. So, yeah. the, I mean, the meteoric rise of Formula One in the United States right now is just—it's really stunning. Well, and I think there's a there's several things that come into play with that. But to be honest, if we look back at history of F1, I don't know that we've had a period where we had this many healthy teams that were affording the sport, you know, and solidly on the grid. We don't hear a lot of budget talk right now about, oh, they're conserving parts or whatever. I mean, and not beyond just a basic strategy, but you don't hear them as in the tone of, we can't afford that hmm. to finish the season. And so I think that's a big, big difference right now is we've got a healthy grid yeah uh, healthy is the word across the board for for formula one right now it is just i mean it's phenomenal and miami was tb just texted in on on uh youtube and he says have you all recovered from miami well if you, <laughs> we're trying buddy yeah we have not we said that at the very top of the show we have not i i swear my whole week was out of whack because of what all we did but it was really it was just phenomenal being there and being on the ground, and you forget what a spectacle a NFL stadium is just all by itself. I yeah. mean, it's just unbelievable. Maybe maybe Casey, the producer, can find that photo from Twitter last week where we were all uh, sardined into the broadcast booth out there. Because you know what they had was they had the media center, which was luxurious and all the amenities you ever want right. as part of the stadium. But our broadcast booth was literally, I could sit in the booth, and I am a, a giant person, but I could touch both sides, all four square. It was basically a six-and-a-half-foot square box, and we were jammed in there, and it was uh, it, it was just amazing. But if you look out the back window, out the front window was the circuit, and we were what? Pit in. We were yep. 20 feet from pit in and another another 40 feet from the circuit, the main circuit. And uh, out the back window was the phenomenal 
Hard Rock Stadium from Miami. And right. you step out and you just look up and up and up. And yeah, it was just amazing. The, the coolest view, though, I mean, not only did you see the structure, there were people that were standing on multiple levels of the stadium. And so you saw all of this as you looked up into that. It was really, really yeah. a cool perspective to look up and see layers of people. You know, I'm not going to say Monaco will ever compete with uh, Miami or vice versa. I will say I did have kind of that visual sensation of when you're standing down at the harbor at Monaco and you look up the layers of that mountain or hill that shore, shore along the shoreline there, this kind of had that for me because you saw the first level stands and then you saw the paddock club, which was on its own level out above the garage space. And then you saw, started seeing layers of suites and people and the top deck. It was really cool. That was a stacked in crowd and uh, it was phenomenal. And I will say overwhelmingly, it was an extremely positive experience from folks. I just had breakfast with some folks yesterday uh, that quite a few of them were there and they were like, absolutely, absolutely. You know, there was one complaint that they brought up. And even then they said, I'm sure they'll get it fixed, but there was only one way to get to the top of the level of the stadium. And it was in, always seemed to be in the opposite corner of where you were. <laughs> and so there was a lot of walking to get over there. It wasn't, uh, you know, they said, yes, it was a ramp. It was also those circular ramps, you know, we've got them yeah, for in some of the places, yeah. but, uh, it, it wasn't good for people in wheelchairs or the people having to push a wheelchair up that many circles to get to the top. <laughs> good note. Yeah. You know, duly noted. Yeah. And look, if you go to a Formula One race today and expect not to have to walk, it's just, they're just, the, the events are so massive and just so huge that you just, you're going to have to do some walking. And yeah, I heard a, I heard a little complaint or two, you know, there was the, the little scare at the beginning about the surface of the track. Right. And, you know, they actually had a little bit of the track come up, but that was not anything. All it was, was the machine that they used to scrub it with leaked some transmission fluid. And obviously those chemicals softened caused it up. Yeah. Softened it up. Exactly. Yeah. And there was some complaints about the surface, but most of those were done by the end of the weekend, because I think it's just the natural way of it. You know, when Coda was built, we had firsthand experience. We were literally out there looking at it. We were talking to the drivers here 10 years ago. And it was slick as ice. Well, this wasn't as slick. They were saying off track. Yeah, yeah, off track. It, it was uh, oh, excuse a little me. bit. Off, yeah, off track. It was very slick because of the the coarseness of the surface was throwing marbles. We sat down with Otmar Safner, and that's what he was telling us. He said, you know, there's a lot of the tire marbles out there, and that's what made it slick off track. But if you recall, during the, the first part of the weekend, that long straight, that 4,000-foot straight at the back, was uh, they, they were getting 201, 203 miles an hour. Right. And I think a lot of that was they weren't sure where the braking was. They were still adjusting downforce. But by the end of the weekend, we saw, I think, Checo Perez at 214 miles an hour. I mean, it's a 4,000, you know, three quarters of a mile. I knew that when I heard, when I heard 200, I was like, that, that doesn't seem right. Anyway, the point is of that is the track was, the surface was better by the end of the weekend. Absolutely. I had the opportunity for a passing conversation. It uh, wasn't recorded, but it was uh, Mario Sola, the motorsport director for Pirelli. And uh, we've had him on the show before, but it was great catching up with him in person and just had a quick chat. And I just asked him how it's going. He goes, it's going good. The tires are meeting our expectation and, and their, our guesstimate and our you know, analysis, they're all right on point. It's very similar. We're doing, ha we're, they're very happy with it. The only areas that they uh, were concerned with was the spot you talked about where that mm -hmm. got the fluid on it. It was coming up and he goes, they've got a few patches like that. He goes, but those had not aged and, uh, and weeped or, or had their, their vapors draft from it. So that was that. Uh, also, he said, because the track is, is, you know, very new, we always call it green, but he said new. Uh, so much of the asphalt, when it gets wet, it's going to allow those chemicals to come to the surface. It'll be slick in that way. He said, so he was uh, he was interested in to see what was going to transpire during the race as far as the moisture. We were getting, you know, brief rain showers and sprinkles. Yeah, right in before the, the race. So we kept uh, stepping out of the booth going, is this going to hold? And But, you know, it's Miami. Yeah, so. It's Miami. But, you know, uh, so Mario was uh, from... 
Pirelli was very pleased with their analysis and how much work they'd put quite an exhaustive amount of work into it. Yeah. All right, let's get a quick break in. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Charles Leclerc and his, uh, his, his incident at Monaco today. You listen to Speed City live from Austin back after these messages. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin-based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky. The source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing. WindingRoadRacing.com. Austin's Talk 1370. This is David Hobbs, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Beautiful day here in Monte Carlo, and looking forward to a full day ahead of what should be some great racing these boys are not messing about when it comes to racing here at monaco yes it is historic but these guys have come to race and that's what we expect and love about this particular form of racing that was our man jonathan green who had the lucky job of commentating on the monaco historic racing out there in monaco and I looked at, at, at it was I watched a good bit this weekend and there was a huge number of people watching that thing almost like a million people. Yeah, yeah, you know, and if, if you're not familiar with this, so the Monaco Historique is like the Rolex Historics that we have at Laguna Seca here. It's uh, kind of the legacy or the historic Formula One cars that come back and they go through generations and uh, they pull them out and like the uh, Rolex Historics and the Prehistorics at it. Monterey, uh, they don't pitter-patter around. They still run them pretty hard, certainly not you know, 100%. But I will say, you know, a couple of them, I uh, know a few of the drivers, that uh, because of things that are just technology improvements in the product that's being used, tires, brake pads, things like that, uh, shocks and the abilities there, a lot of times these vehicles even running at 90% are faster than they were in their competitive day. 
Some of them ran it beyond 100% today. Yeah, some of them went backwards. <laughs> because we have another clip that we're going to play. Uh, you know, the internet went crazy when Charles Leclerc backed his backed Nicky Lauda's classic, iconic Formula One car into the wall. But if you listen to this clip, I think we found the source of the problem. If we have this, uh, we have this clip from Jonathan Green. He's talking about Charles Leclerc right before the crash. Listen to this. Our current world championship leader from Monaco. What a wonderful moment for he and his family. Be able to have the no pressure of a, a race weekend, which you'll have, of course, as the championship leader in a couple of weeks, and just enjoy what has become uh, absolutely. I mean, you talk about boyhood dream. <laughs> I mean, to grow up in Monaco and dream of. Oh no! Oh, I say that! I've done it! I've done it! I'm, he's gone oh, off at Rascas, poor lad. Goodness me. Ah, poor Charles Leclerc. Did you hear? Jonathan gushing about Charles Leclerc. What a great moment for him and his family. And then you hear the squealing of the tires. Oh, it's the commentator's curse. Oh, that was just. I'm going to make sure Charles know it's Jonathan, not either one of us. Make yeah. sure we speak. Yeah. Jonathan was going to try to join us tonight, but of course it's 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. or whatever it is in Monaco. Yeah. He was going to try to give us some clips, but he texted me. He said, I'll, I'll call you when I get to the hotel. And I never heard back. Oh, I'm sure no. he's just exhausted. Oh, yeah. See, one more reason oh but that was just really sad what year was nikki lauda's car uh, i don't remember which one that is yeah, uh, it's that the ferrari a... free 312 but i don't remember what the year yeah that was uh but that was really woke up to that this morning i was like oh no jonathan but yeah it, it's such a fun thing to watch because it is you get to hear cars that you don't hear anymore that was one of my favorite things about it listening to the formula one cars with Internal combustion engines revving high and large displacements, too. That was awesome. Yeah, it really is something else. And my gosh, I know you've been to Monaco. Jonathan's been quite a few times. He's been doing the uh, commentating for the historic quite a while now. Uh, I was there a couple of years ago. And if you've followed Formula One forever, the historic aspect of Monaco cannot be ignored. And it's uh, it's something else the way it's a street race and they open and close the track every evening and morning and you actually get to walk across the track. You walk down the street. People are driving down the track, all that kind of thing. I know I was walking by and a couple of fans uh, recognized Valtteri Botas jogging that morning right in front of us and he had, you know, cap sunglasses. It's kind of hunkered up, no branding or anything. Somebody picked him out and he stopped and took some pictures, then he took off running. But uh, just an absolute phenomenal historic destination, uh, even if it's not Grand Prix week. Yeah, and if you want to go watch it, it's all on YouTube. I think Goodwood uh, Goodwood is the is, puts it out on their YouTube channel. They put it out live, and if they've got it all up there now. And, I mean, it's hours and hours of coverage, but um, there's some good – actually, there's some good comments if you just look at the – not by the channel, but just by listeners, watchers, viewers, they, where they put timestamps in there for you. So you can look at those and jump ahead. But I, I uh, before we move away from this, um, we had a comment on YouTube. Mike Bowles said uh, when, all, when he saw it, all he could think of was sad. And yes, it's sad. Um, he said his luck's on par with Alonzo's. But I do like what Charles Leclerc said about it. He said, he tweeted out, he said, when you thought you'd already had all the bad luck in the world in Monaco, and then you lose the brakes into Rascas with one of the most iconic historical Formula, Ferrari Formula One cars, and he upside down smiley face. So you kind of have to laugh. And the car wasn't demolished. Let's make yeah, that clear. It, if you didn't it's see like the it, rear wing. Yeah. Man. The rear wing was the the giant yeah. four by eight sheet of plywood rear wing yeah, made yeah. out of aluminum. You know, that is an interesting, you know, so many events have happened in Rascas right there. That is the side that is closest to the uh, the harbor side that used to be the old pit and paddock space of the marina, and it's got a a pretty tight bend in there. You know, kind of imagine a dog leg to the left into a hairpin that you loop around to the right and then exit. And uh, boy, you go in there without uh, confidence in your brakes, you will wind up in trouble. I had the opportunity to stand up above that and watch that area for quite a while when I was there, and uh, there's a lot of dive bombs in that space, you know, but uh, immediately you see him get in trouble. And obviously with a failure such as this. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it wasn't pretty, but Hey, let's, um, 
let's shift gears and uh, let's talk some IndyCar right now because it was a great, great race to watch, the GMR Grand Prix at the Indy Road Course. And Colton Herta looked fantastic all all during that race, beginning and won the race and looked fantastic. Yeah, yeah, what a great uh, a great all race all the way around. Uh, he pulled a great drifting maneuver. Yeah. Uh, you know that that was a lot of fun. In fact, I f- didn't find out till we got home that Colton was in Miami. Yeah. And oh, yeah. so I swear they could have just about put on an IndyCar race because of all the IndyCar drivers we saw out there. I know, I know, you know, Grosjean, Erickson, uh, you know, the, there were several others that were there. I mean, besides having Ganassi and, and Michael Andretti there. So, well, yeah, yeah the, uh, the number of celebrities, you know, we're used to walking through the paddock in Formula One in Austin and you've been to a handful and so have I, but, but this was at another level. You couldn't walk. Every step you took, there were celebrities everywhere. But but back to IndyCar, Colton Herta had a great race, and um, and that that uh, little that drift maneuver you pointed yeah. out, we were talking about before we went on the air. I love that. I loved watching it in the in the car, looking at his hands, but also loved looking at the aerial shot of it. But you you see his hands, and he's. He, he has the wheels locked completely what, for what seemed like about five seconds. It was probably only about a second or two. But then when he literally let go of the wheel, let it straighten the car out, and then snap grabbed it, it was so perfect. And then you watch it from the aerial view, and the car goes, he loses the back end, he corrects, holds it, goes around the corner, and when it's, car, when it's time to straighten out, that's when he lets go of the wheel and then grabs it. And when you watch it from above, it looked like a a computer simulation perfectly aligned the car and ready to go. It was really amazing. You know, as I watched it, I'm sitting there, I could just tell and think through the things when we've gone through our slide training and and car control training, I can just envision or or think of how he is manipulating everything and okay, not too much, a little bit of foot, a little off, Mm -hmm. a little feather. No, you know, I can just envision or imagine his processing of all that. And I was watching it as he does it and was like, Oh man, that was, that was beyond textbook. Yeah, I just love the way that the way the car went completely sideways, but it was perfectly lined up for the next corner. So all he had to do was straighten. I say all he had to do, but yeah. <laughs> but he just let go of the wheel. For I'm watching it again, and then it snaps in, and it was just amazing. But but man, Colton, um, he I, he looks so good right now, and the timing is really good. You know, he's talked very openly about how he wants to go to Formula One. And you think, and is do you want your IndyCar driver saying that? But I think he's gotten, he's not bigger than the sport level, but he's so hot right now and he's doing so good that he can kind of get away with that. I think he is. And, you know, I think the the players that are around him that have that opportunity get it. You know, with, uh, you know, certainly with Andretti being where they are now, they're preloaded with an F1 driver an F1 quality driver in my book. And, but let's, let's talk financially. Imagine what they would do if they went into F1 and they needed to get a driver out of, off the current grid. I don't think they're going to get it for what they could get Colton for to step up into F1. Mm, that's a good, and good, good thought. Yeah. Interesting. I don't, I think that's a and reasonable think, yeah, conclusion. I think, I think he can, you know, get his, get some money there, you know, higher than what he's got with IndyCar, but uh, I think it'll be a bargain for both of them. Yeah, well, that race was really fun to watch because uh, Rossi, Alexander Rossi, taking wet tires <sighs> early. God, his luck, he hasn't had, had good luck either lately. Yeah. But, I mean, with that rain and dry and rain and dry, it was really exciting to watch. And I mean, not that IndyCar always is, it seems like these days, but that really added to the element and made that a very entertaining race to watch. Yeah, it was great. All right, well, let's take a break, and when we come back, we have our guest, and this is a young driver with a very interesting story and who's actually doing fantastic in the FR America's Formula 3 Series. You're listening to Speed City, back after these messages. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All-Star Closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, we are very excited to welcome our new sponsor, All Stop Brewery, to Speed City. These guys make a fantastic beer, and I'm going to let Jonathan talk about it, but I'm going to tell you about it. When I tasted it, I am not a big beer aficionado. I like a nice cold beer, but I'm always worried about a craft beer or a new beer that it's going to have a funky taste, especially aftertaste. This beer was fantastic. I have absolutely... No, uh, no qualms at all that this is my new favorite beer. But Jonathan, you know why? What makes it so special? The water and the recipe? Well, yeah. I mean, these guys have done their research and do it right. And they've even imported the right water to do it right. I mean, it, it, I tell you, this Alstad beer, fantastic. And I'm, uh, you know, most Europeans are snobs about their beer. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm definitely one of those. Because You're definitely a snob? Yes, okay. about my beer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because there's no question, carbonation has always been my issue here in the States. It's overcarbonated. And our lagers, our pilsners and lagers in Europe, um, uh, especially German ones, are not that heavily carbonated. And that's a key thing. And that's the first thing that uh, hit me was just how well they've done the beer. Uh, it's based out of Fredericksburg. It's, uh, it's got a great tie-in because, obviously, Fredericksburg, a German town, and now they've got a Texas German beer, and it's cracking. Yeah, and the uh, the facility out there, it's amazing. They've, they've really done it right. It's really fantastic. So so check it out. You can get it at all the local HEBs and everything else, right? Yep. Uh, it's around all around Texas. You can get it. Uh, they sell it in... Uh, uh, on on the shelf there as a Texas beer, but uh, I'll tell you what, you're in, right back in Germany when you drink it. And it's Altstadt Beer, A-L-T-S-T-A-D-T, beer.com. Altstadt Beer, A-L-T-S-T-A-D-T, beer.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. And you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, gearheads, welcome back to Speed City. Your Sunday night with Speed City. We talked a little Formula One in Miami, talked a little IndyCar. Now we're going to talk a little American racing because we have a young gentleman who's joining us who has a really fascinating story. I'm excited to tell it. And he's currently leading, tied for the lead, in the FR America's Formula 3 Championship in the in, here in the United States. We want to welcome to the show, Dylan Tavella. Hey, Dylan. How are, how are all of you? We are Good. great and you're fantastic to see you. I looked through our records, records, Dylan, and I saw that you've been on the show one time very briefly at CODA back in 2019, and I'd forgotten about that. So, But welcome back to Speed City. How are you guys? Uh, we're doing great. And yeah. I, I want to tell your story a little bit, and then I want you to correct me if I get it wrong or have any make any errors. But but Dylan was growing up, and he had some challenges, ADHD, and he was kind of small growing up. And his parents uh, put him near a go-kart, and he gravitated towards that and instantly and said basically something like, sat in that, that go-kart and said, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And the rest, they say, as history. And he's come an amazing distance so far. And now he is leading the championship in FR America's well, Formula 3. I, f- I find that fantastic. For one, yeah, you're mildly ADD. I'm majorly ADD. <laughs> so, yeah. so I get it. Squirrel. And, yeah, yeah. I want to ride a bicycle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we may, and we're making fun, Dylan, just because we are that way, too. But... 
mm-hmm. but congratulations on what you've done because I know more than anything that it's been your perseverance to push you through that. Yes. And and that's a big deal because what you've accomplished right now, that's really exciting. So just give us a little overview of your career. You know, I know you started at karting at what, four years old and, and talk about how you got to here. Yeah. So, uh, I started when I was four years old, I was obsessively with cars when I was, uh, at a very young age before four years old, all I did was play with cars. I didn't, I didn't look at anything else other than cars and racing. And it was just always my thing. And, uh, I, I watched a lot of movies, a lot of, a lot of what really got me into it. Starting it was watching fast and the fears huh. when I was at the very beginning, cause I just love cars. And then I, I came across uh, Formula One with my dad and I just fell in love with it. Like I fell in love with everything about it and I really wanted to get into it and I didn't know how. And we were just going through the neighborhood and we saw a go-kart and uh, I sat in it and I told my dad, I'm like, dad, that's all I ever want to do. And then we ended up, uh, we got my uncle's pickup truck and we put the go-kart in the back of the bed and we went to a parking lot for the first race and it just took off from there. (laughs) Oh, that is so cool. I love it. And that's awesome. And yeah. your your dad and your granddad used to get up and watch Formula One races, right? Uh my uh my grand my granddad passed away before I was born. Um okay. so he wasn't yeah, so it was just me and him mostly. Yeah. Well, so you've been a, a big fan for a long time and uh and and so the the way that Formula One has now exploded in the last year or so, last couple of years with Netflix and everything, are you getting a lot of people that are kind of going, kind of waking up to what you do because of that. Yeah, a lot of a lot of more people uh, since they watch Netflix, they got more intrigued on what I do because I do post a lot of a lot on uh, social media, and it caught a lot of people's attention. And I constantly get questions about it and stuff now, and asking like, uh, when are the next races and stuff, and where can I watch it and all this stuff, and I promote all of it. Mm. Well, let's talk about your FR Americas right now, because I know last year you had a tough year, but you had yes. a major, I mean, you had engine troubles all the way. I mean, how many races did you miss because of engine troubles last year? I would say it's around 12. Wow. Huh. Well, hopefully this year you've got, you know, you like to say you're tied for the lead and you can uh, take advantage of, uh, of having that problem solved and uh, and see if you can win this championship. I mean, let's let's talk about that for just a second. What would that mean for you, your family, and everything to to win that if you could do that? I mean, yeah, these past couple of years have been really tough on me. Just uh, I would say it's more just bad luck on our side. And thankfully, this year we were able to turn it around, and have a good start with the season, and hopefully we can keep going from there. Mm. And if we if we uh, if we do good in the championship, we would have a, a lot. It'd be good funding money for racing to go overseas and really prove myself. Yeah. So what would you do? What um, do you, we have specific European goals? You said. Oh uh, yeah, I wanna I wanna see I wanna go in uh, FIA F three and see how that goes, and hopefully I can really prove myself there and uh, really make a name for myself. Dylan, so you know. There's often some confusion about the uh, the FR and the F3. Can you tell folks what the difference is? So, yeah. So, uh, FR and F3, it is the same thing. So, basically, in different regions. So, let's say there's FR Asia. So, that's nationals in Asia. And then it's the same for FR America. So, it's just their region of uh, the championship. And then the global, I would say the global one that's with, the Formula One and Formula Two is FIA F three, so it's it's like a next step from FR. Well, and that's a that's a good segue too because you talk about your goal would be FIA Formula Three, which is of course yes. the the big boy F three, right? Oh, yeah. And and we had Jack yes. Crawford on last, I guess, two weeks ago, and you and I chatted just briefly yesterday. And in 2017, you beat Jack Crawford, didn't you? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. So and you know. Uh, that's so motor racing, isn't it? It's like there's so many yes. factors to being successful, whether it's money, which we all know helps in motor racing. But you know, yes. you, you have you have some luck. We talked about Charles Leclerc's bad luck today. Yeah. Um, but you you know, you had last year you had a bunch of bad luck, and uh, you've clearly got the skills because 
you you know you're with a great team that crosslink kiwi crosslink team they they don't just take anybody and you're with a great team mm-hmm. but if you could get if you could make it to FI formula 3 and you know what thinking about this Dylan I don't I, I you don't necessarily have to win the championship to get to FI formula 3 right I mean it'd be really good if I did I mean it would really make a name for me and recognition so and I would also help with the with the check that we get at the end of the year for the funding for it. I mean, if if uh, if I didn't win the championship, it'd be really really tough for me to get over there and really prove myself. Even though I couldn't even prove myself here. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, I know that's a big deal. I mean, I, I was just thinking it's funny. I was talking. We were talking to Jack. We were talking about his next goal, of course, Formula Two. And we said the same thing. You don't necessarily have to win at the the level. You don't have to win the championship, but it just greases the the skids. And obviously, that would be fantastic. But yes. But let me ask you this: Are there any other goals? So, for example, let's say you came in second and you didn't end up going to FIA Formula Three. Do you have other goals? Maybe where you could just become a uh, a sports car driver or any other goals? Yeah, I mean, any opportunities I would get would. I would get would be great. I mean, I'm always open to anything on the table. It's, it's, yeah. It is, yeah. Well, and you and I talked a little bit about the kind of regimen that drivers go through. And, you know, you, t- you know, you, you're, you're young and you were in school while you were racing in F, you know, in karting and F4. But uh, you and I talked about how what well, you have like you take you consume like five thousand calories a day, go to the gym twice a day, that kind of regimen. Yeah, I really wash on what I eat. I don't eat anything that's really bad for you. I try to stay really lean. I I go on the sim in the morning, so I go for two hours before work because my my sim is at my work, and then uh, so I go on the sim and then I work for my team owner after. So that's about about ten hours already. And then uh, after that, I go to the gym and then I just eat throughout the whole day. So I'll probably eat about five, six meals a day and I I will go to the gym on top of it. And then I repeat the same thing every day, uh, six days a week. So, yeah. Awesome. And, you know, I was just looking at my notes. We touched on F2. You did a little testing in F2, didn't you? Oh, no, that wasn't me. That was the uh, other competitor in the series that I'm in. Oh, okay. I was thinking you were telling me you had done some testing, but... Hey, uh, Les, I want you to ask this young man some current Formula One questions because he is a huge, Ah. he's a huge F1 fan. And uh, who are your favorite drivers right now? I'd probably say Russell and Leclerc. Okay, that's cool. Okay, Uh, okay. I really, I really, I really like Russell because he does have heart in the sport. I mean, he really, he really does show that he does have heart because when he achieves something, he really does get emotional about it. The same thing as Leclerc, because Leclerc, uh, he had a lot of, he had a lot of pa- things happen to him in the past, and it really, it really made him push to where he is now. And what about where George Russell is in the team right now? I mean, uh-huh. if you look at the numbers, we have, we may have a new, do we? Let me ask you, do we have a new number one driver at Mercedes? I mean, as it currently stands in this season, yes, we do. All right. Well, I will mean, tell he, you. he really, he uh, he really does. He really did prove himself in that car. He really showed that no matter what circumstances the car is in, he's always going to try no as hard as he can. And uh, I think he's going to be a number one driver one day. All right. Well, I'll have you know, Jacques Villeneuve agrees with you. He uh, <laughs> oh, mentioned this you. week. Yeah. So it's, you're in good company. <laughs> least outspoken company, <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, Jacques basically was stating, you know, how much longer till Mercedes admits Hamilton is yeah. not number one on their team <laughs> now, and uh, you know that that's a tough thing to to deal with. You know? I I really think the reason why Hamilton is struggling this season because think of it, he's been on top almost seven years in a row or eight eight years in a row technically and um he it basically his ego just got washed away this season it's hard it's hard to stay on top and be that confident because you need confidence in that car and i can really see where he's coming from on that and it's really hard to come back overcome and come back on top of that again 
Do you think it's too late for him to uh, show well this season? Um, he could definitely he could step. Uh, sorry, he could definitely uh, step up his game and uh, come back on. I wouldn't say on top. It would be really really close, just on a number standpoint. And but I think he can come back and prove himself. Do you think he can catch Max? <laughs> oh, well, you know the rivalry between them. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and basically, anything could happen. I love the the contrast of the top two teams this year versus last year. It's like yes, you could almost see them waving while they're racing. Hey, buddy, we'll see you yeah. between Max and and Leclerc versus the middle finger from last year between <laughs> Max and Lewis. It's fascinating. Hasn't it been fun to watch, Dylan? Oh, yeah, 100%. I've been keeping up to every race, every practice, every press, anything, because it's it's just so suspenseful now. Well, Dylan, I really wanted to get you on because uh, with what you said about what you overcame and you know your ADHD and, 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 and being told by the schools and people around you that – I mean, they even told you at one point that it was irresponsible to have you in a cart, didn't they? Ah, yes. I mean, and they they wanted they told me I wouldn't even be able to live on my own, huh. and I wouldn't be able to like do anything on my own. I needed full aid, care, and everything, everything. And uh, I just said that's completely wrong, like because obviously they're not in my shoes and they don't see what I see. You well, know, I, yeah. I'm not joking. I am severely ADD myself. And so I yeah. relate in, you know, school was difficult for me. I was that B minus at best student, you know, and mm-hmm. quite often it was the other minus further down below. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. you know, I get it. And what I am just starstruck over is for one, you wound up in motorsports. That's way cool. Yeah. But that you're proving the success you know, is there for somebody, you know, you and I don't fit the normal for a lot of folks in education yeah. world. And I love it. Kudos. High five over there. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's very common in people. I mean, I know a lot of people that have ADD, ADHD, and it, it could be from mild to severe and it's just different in every person. But like, I, I know a lot of people that do have it. And you and I talked and we talked about how one of the one of the things with AD, ADD and ADHD is the as you can have a focus. You can be almost hyper focused on things, and that's what you've done and turned that into a drive to get to where you are, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I mean, when I get in that car, just everything phases out. Everything just phases out, and I'm fully concentrated on that. And it's almost like an instinct because I'm so like because of the hyper focus. And so, like, there's stuff I I do in the car and like I watch on the GoPro. I won't even realize that I did it and it's because it's just, it's just a complete instinct. Well, Dylan Tavella, thank you very much for coming on the show. I'm really excited to have you and I, I'm, we're going to be watching you. Go ahead, Les, what do you got? Are you coming to Coda? You have any visits? Yes, of course. When? Yeah, well, they got, they well, got the race here. That's right. You will be yeah, here yeah, yeah. supporting race. So absolutely. All righty, folks. Yeah, I, I actually currently live in Dallas right now because I'm going to college here. Which one? And I also... Uh, I just graduated at a UTI and I'm going for Mercedes tech. Congrats. Awesome. Thank well, Dylan, you. thank you very much for coming on. We really appreciate it. And the best of luck and we'll, we'll get you back on and we'll be following you. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. All right. Talk Take to you Dylan. soon. Yep. Thank you. All right. I love it. All right. We're going to go to a quick break. You listen to your Sunday night with speed city back after these messages. USA, catering to the sport bike enthusiast looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24-7 at MotivationUSA.com That's MotivationUSA.com If you want to know where the path to Formula 1 and Indy begins, it's three simple letters. V-R-D. 
VRD Racing of Atlanta, Georgia are dedicated to nurturing young, single-seater drivers on their quest to the pinnacle of motorsport. Having just wrapped up the team's championship title in 2021 in the F4 US Championship, they also have programs in FR Americas, the all-new USF Juniors, and the road to Indy. VRD is the perfect environment for success. To join the team, drop them a DM on Instagram at Velocity underscore RD. Talk 13.7, the right choice. Hi, Brendan Hartley. This is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back. I'm going to look at a couple of comments on YouTube. We're going to talk some Formula One, some more Formula One, and we're going to talk a little MotoGP because they were in the at the French Grand Prix. That was an interesting race. Um, but someone mentioned, I forgot who it was, about McLaren joining Formula E and our thoughts on that. <laughs> at least it wasn't the dental drill. Oh, I thought that was a dental drill. Sorry. Kind of sounds it. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I don't know. I I like I liked one thing about it. It means that the McLaren team is healthy, right? They're going into right. another series. Right. And I, I really like Zach Brown. Yeah. Uh, he's one of my favorite execs in motorsports right now. I love his attitude towards the Andretti. He's been, you know, the very first time that we right after Michael Andretti said, "All right, I can't do, go to Formula One this way through Sauber. I'm going to do my own thing," and then immediately we got the Total Wolf and Christian Horner both saying, "Oh, I don't know if this is a good idea." I just remember coming on, just reacting from instinct, going, "That's just ridiculous," because we knew that Andretti was going to bring a zillion dollars from American sponsors, and oh, yeah. I mean, if you go to a sponsor and you go. I want you to sponsor the Haas F1 team. And hey, let me get you on the phone with uh, with Gunther Steiner. And especially pre-Netflix, but if you're if you're the head of Oracle, you're going, who's Gunther Steiner? But if you get a phone call and they say, Michael Andretti. Andretti or Michael <laughs> Andretti. And, well, and you know Mario's involved. Mario and Michael are on the phone and they want to talk to you. You're going to pick up the phone. Click. <laughs> no matter what, how big a company, whatever, you're going to take that call and and I just remember reacting, going, "This is absurd. This is ridiculous." And uh, and so I know we're talking McLaren Formula E, but but because Zach Brown has been defending that, basically saying the same thing that I'm saying, maybe a little less vehemently because he's in the middle of the sport. But as far as McLaren joining Formula E, I um, you know we've had the exodus of some of the other teams in there, and honestly, we follow a lot of motorsports. And I kind of run out of time and don't follow Formula E as much as I should. All right. So just now you mentioned Mario Andretti, you mentioned McLaren, but let's put those two together right now. It was just announced this week that Mario Andretti is going to drive a McLaren F1 car ahead of the USGP. That's cool. So yeah, let, let's hope he doesn't back it into a wall, but let's let's uh, let's go with that. I think that'll be fun. Don't I'm even say that. You just I'm, jinxed him. Uh, oh, come on. I'm not commentating. We'll blame that on Jonathan. But yeah, no, so he's uh, looking at doing that here. And uh, that's as a combination. The other name you mentioned, Zach Brown, is uh, making that happen. So no, excited cool. to see that. Uh, I just love those little things that happen around and before races like this. It's just uh, kind of adds in an extra fun element to the weekend. Well, speaking of that exact kind of thing, you've got in your show notes about the Ray Hall and how they would uh, talking about... Vettel, that's interesting too. Yeah, so Vettel, you know, just loves driving and getting in different things. Well, so the Ray Hall, you know, father and son team there have invited Sebastian Vettel to come take out an Indy car at Road America. Hmm. And so I'm thinking that's a fun tease. That's going to be another one of those fun events, you know, added extra for the race weekend. But honestly, I could see Vettel coming in and being a, a guest driver occasionally or, you know, my gosh, he's done the champions, you know. Race of champions. Race and... of champions stuff. And he's always great at everything he does. I, I want to see him do that. And I want to see him come and race in the Century Motorcycle event, which is for classic motorcycles over 100 years old. Mm, he that's is a cool. huge motorcycle collector. That's very cool. Nicely done, Mr. Kaiser. Let's Very talk good. MotoGP. 
MotoGP. Well, it's the end of an era. Era. <laughs> end of an error. End of an error. Error too. All righty. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Thanks. Well, so uh, Valentino Rossi's number is being retired. Uh, yeah. And so they, they uh, did, that didn't take long. No, no, no. <laughs> I, th- I think we all knew that was going to happen. And so, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things. I kind of wish it wasn't, but then, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of okay with it too. Well, why? Why are you wish that they weren't? Because that honestly means he couldn't even use it on his own team. Hmm. Okay. For instance, yeah. Yeah. Know, yeah. Yeah. Things like that. So, you know, but then I, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe we could get some kind of guarded status in some way. To... Hey, it's Valentino Rossi. <laughs> he could unretire it if he wanted to. <laughs> probably Coming back, but only if I get my own number. <laughs> or even for his, you know, a young rider for on his team or something, but. It's Valent. It's Valentino. He could do whatever he wants. Uh, but the the French Grand Prix was was very fun to watch, and it was uh, Inia Bastianini with his third win of the season. So, but there was good racing. Oh uh, my gosh! There, there was Renz. several. Yeah, Renz took a wild ride. That yeah, that was a big crash, and he went off over the. He basically lost control, so he was upright. But he was upright through that corner. And was still over 300 kilometers an hour. Yep. I mean, he was approaching 200 miles an hour, skipping across the gravel. Yeah. And just kept on going. He kept on breaking it down, trying to you know scrub off some speed. Well, you couldn't really change direction. So luckily, he had a long, long runoff. But the unfortunate part of the design was he crossed the track about two turns up from where he exited the track, <laughs> right in front of the oncoming stampede, Nearly got hit by them because he got tossed off right in front of him. And you see his helmet hit when he got tossed off? Yeah, he got slammed. Man, it's the right side of his helmet. He did uh, get up, seemed to be. Well, he joined the race. That's right. That's right. He did get back in. I I I don't know how he did that, but he got back in the race. I was amazed the bike could do it. But uh, yeah, but uh, all of that was just spectacular fashion. Thankfully, like I said, he did all right. Uh, the, the home riders, uh, let's see, there was Fabio Quattararo and Zarco. They were fourth and fifth, so we had two Frenchmen in the top five. That was good. But did you see, I think it was three laps to go, Miguel Oliveira, he went down at turn four, and his bike went spinning, just like you said before. It went spinning across the track, totally in front of bikes. In fact, Paul Spargo almost hit that bike, and that would have been a disaster, but that was a crazy-looking I mean, this is, to me, this is, we talk about Formula One and, you know, especially Netflix and the drama of it. And we saw the amazing, crazy fire with Roman Grosjean. But in MotoGP, these guys put their life on the line every weekend. And you saw those too. But, you know, going back, you know, gosh, we keep crisscrossing our names back and forth. Nicky Lauda had is uh, one of the ones that said that MotoGP he thought was more exciting than any other racing in the world because you actually see what the driver is doing nowadays. That, yeah. You know, by now the the F1 and the IndyCar drivers are all wrapped up that you don't really see what they're up to. Yeah, you see them using their bodies so dramatically. You know, like Dylan was saying, uh, our guest earlier when we he was talking about being in shape, and let's let's not uh, take anything away from. Motor, you know, MotoGP, I mean, from a Formula One or IndyCar or any really high-level motorsports because those guys, you know, they're in massive shape. What is Formula One up to six Gs laterally now? Oh, the yeah. neck exercises. I mean, you you saw Kevin Magnuson come back in and he said, I can't even, I can't hold my head up. You know, right. he was, you know, he was still doing lots of sports car racing, but Formula One is at such a high level. Well, gentlemen and ladies, we are out of time. Thank you all very much for tuning in and uh, thanks for everybody who tuned in on YouTube and Facebook and all the others. And of course, um, people ask how they can listen. And we have our podcast. Every show we do turns into a podcast, and you can catch them all on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google, all those. And you can find all that at our website. And of course, during the week, we have put out lots of content on social media. And of course, next weekend, we'll be back at our Formula One broadcast doing the pre and post with Jonathan Green and Bob Barsha and uh, who knows who and yeah, who knows else all right thanks everybody we'll talk to you next Sunday ciao y'all
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.